0: Portions of this program may be pre-recorded. Engine sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff.
1: Welcome, everyone. Good afternoon. This is the July 15th Wednesday edition of SWAT Radio. I am Bob and I am sitting in for the man, Taylor Johnson, and I'm with my friend, my brother in Christ, Doug McCary, with His Light International Ministries. We are excited to be on the air with you, to have you with us. We are walking through uh, our theme this week of preparing the bride and being a servant. and and using uh letters to the church by francis chan to get us through that and uh so we are excited kingdom brothers and sisters to have you here with us we got a great program today and uh doug it's great to be with you i haven't been on for a little bit but uh it's good to be back in the studio with you, brother
2: well yeah because even because of covid we haven't connected very much and uh it's good to see you how things been going we're good um i've
1: Back in March, I got the pleasure of having two of my adult children from Manhattan come and uh, quote quarantine with me. Yeah, and uh, they just went back a few weeks ago. They were with us eleven weeks, Doug, and they're they're in the, immediate, the heat of it in Manhattan and figuring it out. And uh, the heat is right, man. Right, that, yeah. uh, you talk oh about a place God.
2: like hell on earth. That's oh it up goodness. there, isn't it? I mean, oh my, my goodness. goodness,
1: we're we're here trying to follow that pattern aren't we in florida <laughs> yeah well between
2: between the bronx and and uh, harlem oh, and everything gosh. all yeah. the problems they've been having up there new york in fact uh, the governor said that this is one of the toughest times that they've ever faced now i want you to think about all that new york has gone through exactly man. yeah that that was a pretty telling statement but yeah we are glad you joined us today swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth if you're just tuning in Uh, We are a men's discipleship ministry. That's what SWAT is, the SWAT groups. We have five here in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, in this area. And then we have one out in Colorado led by our brother Rich Griffith, who used to be a tight end for the Jaguars, and then a men's pastor out there at a church, and he's leading that group, and uh, we're so excited that you're joining. So I have actually had a couple of people ask about starting them, one in Virginia, one in Georgia. So hopefully we're going to see some more groups start up, but that'll be we're, awesome. We're Doug. all about discipleship. That word's thrown around a lot, but one of the uh, the definitions that uh, I I've kind of written out from being around a lot of men like Joe White uh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Steve Farrar and some other guys, Layton Ford, uh, Perry Bowers. Uh, John Mazel, a, a lot of men who have built into me about discipleship is it is an intentional mentoring, shepherding uh, relationship through biblical instruction, modeling, accountability, and encouragement, with a goal of reproducing future mentors and and shepherds that have a passion to love God and be like Jesus. That's what it's about. Amen. And. And I think we really need that right now because it's easy to get paralyzed with fear. Mm-hmm. Because when pe- fear fear becomes contagious, in the same way that hope can, hope is better than fear, but fear can be very contagious. People uh, can start acting fearful, and it spreads to other people. And we need to be agents of hope. That doesn't mean we do foolish things, but we should be hope filled people living out a hope-filled life and you know if like and right now if you don't think we're manipulated we talked about it the other day that uh, our media barely covered the fact that churches all across the country were burned over the past weekend Uh, did you know that i did not know that yeah uh, there were you a number, your point. Yeah that, well, there's a number of churches um, in Florida and California and in between that were either burned or vandalized over the weekend. Uh, in fact, down in near Ocala, a man plowed his uh, car into uh, a Catholic church as the congregation was getting ready to take mass or to start their mass. He then poured gasoline in the foyer and set fire on the building before driving off. They arrested him, and this is what he said. He told the investigators it was awesome. A young guy in his 20s said he was on a mission, and, I mean, you don't even hear about that. Now, I want you to imagine for a second if that was a Planned Parenthood office or, let's say, a Black Lives Matter office. Mm. Do you think that would have been reported? (laughs) It would have been first-page news all over the country. Mm -hmm. It would have been on every news outlet. Barely gets a mention. Wow. Barely. And another one out in California. Why? Because people, we live in a world where people don't care unless it affects them personally. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. And
2: for most people, they don't care about church. They don't care about the Catholic church. They don't care about a Protestant church. They just don't care. So that's why Christians are really uh, irrelevant in our culture right now. Because there's not a lot of them that really are walking the walk. There's not a lot of brides getting ready for Christ's return. The church has been uh, neutralized in a lot of ways because we've allowed our culture to come in and affect us in such a way that our culture doesn't even see us as valuable. I mean, they don't even see... You know, in the early church, the Romans, even though they hated the Christians a lot of times they had a respect for him because they said these were people of conviction. There was that respect they, yeah, yeah, there was a very healthy respect for the Christians because they were people of passion and conviction. And we're not in a lot of ways. We, I mean, we get more passionate about a football game than we do about <laughs> Jesus. And and so, um, you know, and, and listen, it – as a Christian who's sitting out there listening today, just ask yourself: um, Now that you've heard, does that does that bother you that a church was a car drove into it and mm. burned it down? The Bible says we should weep with those that weep, and when we have brothers and sisters, even in other countries, that are suffering, we should care. Uh, when people um, in Africa, India, China, Korea, the Middle East, when they're when we we read a story or we see a story where Christians are being persecuted or mm. people that not even let's say they're not even believers, our hearts should care that people with the image of God made in the image of God are suffering. We should weep with those that weep. And I just think that uh, I don't know Bob, I think that that we're at a point right now where there's a lot of apathy, even Mm -hmm. more than normal. Maybe
1: you may be right. And I think, you know, these types of things, um, a lot of emotions well up. I think what your point is about, do we weep with that? Does it really bother us? Does it, you know, get us, um, concerned? Does it get us to mourn? Does it rally us up? And then we can go the other way. It's like, why did it happen? Why would that person think there was value in that? And why would, they think that was awesome doing that to a church, and I would go in both emotions. But you know, at the end of the day, Doug, I got to bring it back to my personal walk, mm-hmm. and and I I'm, I'm known to have maybe a a, a positive optimism <laughs> type of personality, and and I use these things not only I have my times of grieving, but and and getting fired up. But man, I I got to get out there, man. I gotta I gotta reach the people that maybe feeling that way against the Christian or whatever and and sort of headed off at the past in that sense, be God's man out in the community and be in that, the, the hands and the feet of Christ that really brings the value that we are essential, that we are important
2: to our, our brethren and, and uh, a value in our society. Well, I think what we're seeing, though, is what happens when science and nature replaces God. I mean, when human reason Mm. replaces god's truth what Mm -hmm. we see is people that are more concerned about what they think is right and wrong than what god thinks and how god listen god says if if you have the world's goods and you see your brother in need and and you you close your heart to him you don't do anything for him doesn't matter if you're skeptical you're not going to stand before god and he says you know what um you know, Bob, um, I gave you resources and I brought these people in front of you and you did nothing. Well, Mm. but God, you know what? A lot of those people are just fakes. That's not going to work. No. If you're God's kid and you're his child, he's given you a heart of forgiveness because he's forgiven you Mm -hmm. and you are to go and love people. Think about how many people, how many, um, How many lepers did Jesus heal that returned and gave him thanks out of the 10? Only one. Only one. But there were nine that he healed. Mm -hmm. He showed compassion to all of them. And and I just think that we live in a time. I was driving here today. This lady got irritated because I I, I was going over the speed limit, but I wasn't going enough over the speed limit for her (laughs) liking. She wanted me to be going 90, and I wasn't. And she got really upset at me on the highway and raised her hand. And my first thought Mm. was to respond back. And I go, no, I don't want to do that. But it's easy to allow what's happening to move us to a point of frustration and irritation. And we've got to step back. We've got to let the compassion of God cause us to be compassionate to others. And so we need to pray for these congregations that lost their church Mm -hmm. And we need to be mindful that there's a lot of pain going on, and we need to be praying for our leaders. So, Amen. Amen. Anyway, uh, I know we're about to go to our first break, but I'm glad you're back with us, Bob. Good to have uh, you in the studio good to be today. here. I look forward to continuing this conversation.
1: If you have questions, you can call in at 844-777-7928, or you can shoot us an email at ask at uh, SWATradio.com, We will see you guys at the other side of the break and we'll be talking more about our scripture, being a servant, and next week,
0: tomorrow's guests. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
2: Parts and Truck Rental and Leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia Truck Market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com.
0: Why you ever chose me has always been... We'll all
1: Welcome back, everybody, to SWAT Radio. Bob Grauman here with my brother, Doug McCary, and uh, we just want to remind you, if you want to call in at 844-777-7928 or shoot us an email at ask at SWATradio.com, and we just finished up the the first segment with talking a little bit about what's going on and uh, burning churches and things and not getting any attention and you know, why these things go on and, and what is the end game with that. But, you know, we're bringing it back home. We're bringing it back home. And I thought of some some business things that I've dealt with in the business world about, you know, when there's a crisis going on, there's, there's opportunity. There's opportunity to serve and to rise up, to be a voice. And, you know, so many times uh, when we want to communicate an idea or want to communicate a message, uh, prototyping it or modeling it is the best way to communicate. And I think of that – In our Christian world and discipling, uh, how we respond in crisis is just so critical and much more powerful than words. And, you know, getting out, guys, and and serving, uh, reaching out, just loving people unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christ told us that's how the world will know you're my disciples. You know, we, we just heard that great song by Casting Crowns. I'm just a nobody, man. I want to get out and tell everybody about the love of Christ. And, you know, sometimes we got to boil it down to the simple, Doug, and say, hey, this is going on, and I'm going to be God's man. I'm going to be God's woman. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to serve. I'm going to love him, uh, love them to the cross, as we say, uh, be the hands and feet. Be the Bible they may have never read. You know well, what I'm
2: saying? Well, be the fifth gospel, like my friend says. There Nala we go, says, the fifth gospel. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about, I mean, you work out in the business world, right, mm-hmm. Bob? And uh, you work for a very well-known company, um, been around for a while, very well uh, known throughout the business world uh, specifically. And when you think about great business leaders, I, almost every – top ceo that's out there has read a book called from good to great are you familiar with that jim collins okay so jim collins wrote that book and and, you know you were just talking about the song casting crowns and it says i'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about this of somebody who saved their soul Mm -hmm. and one of the things that jim collins said was that when you look at all these great CEOs and he had a list of top 10, right? He, he put a top 10 list together. Uh, I guarantee you most people out there won't have, they probably hadn't heard of half of them. They've heard of some, but most of these CEOs, he said, didn't think they were CEO material. Hmm. They did not look in themselves and go, okay, I'm going to be a CEO one day. Uh, in fact, uh, the the second greatest one on the list refused the job that was offered to him to be CEO because he says, I'm not qualified. Mm-hmm. There was a humility there. Um, and one of them was even told, you will never be a leader. You will never be a leader. And I think of that, and I think about Michael Jordan being cut from his basketball right, team as right, a right. sophomore in high school. But when you think about all these things, one of the things that he says defined all of them, and he is not writing really from the Bible. He's just talking about what is witnessed out in the world, you know. But it, all of it boils back to, I think, Jesus as our leader mm-hmm. modeling this humility that he had. And he said, all of these great leaders had a deep, sense of connectedness to their organization their community Mm -hmm. their purpose their mission all of them without question were deeply invested in the organization and that's what chan is trying to bring out in the book is is are we as a bride really connected and, and preparing ourselves to be that beautiful bride that we're supposed to be. Because if we are, and we're allowing God to conform us to his image, the more we are conformed to the image of Christ, the more beautiful of a bride we are for him. And so uh, I, I just want to go, this is really, I think, I, I want to mention a couple of names to you out there if you're listening, because I think it's important to understand You may consider yourself, well, I'm I'm just a nobody. What difference am I going to make? Well, Charles Coffin was the first president of General Electric. Most people have never heard of Charles Coffin. When they think of GE, they think of Jack Welch. Mm -hmm. But Jack Welch didn't build GE. Charles Coffin built GE. And because of Charles Coffin's leadership and his uh, being used and having this incredible uh, sense of mission and community within that company, what he built, Jack Welch stepped in, and, and now people think of GE as the house that Jack built, but it's really what Charles built, and really it's what God built using Charles, because I want you to think about GE for a second. We forget that GE builds light bulbs. I mean, we think about them sometimes, but most people, you talk to most kids and ask them, what kind of light bulb's in there? Do you know, you know any light bulb companies? They don't know. No clue. You know what well, You know what? most kids no under clue. 30 know today? They just know it's the light. They don't buy light. They don't think about who makes the company. Uh, jet engines, GE, General Electric, uh, uh, appliances, you know, Today, most people think of Samsung or LG, but GE has been around a long time. They've done a lot of great things. But Charles Coffin built it, and one of his things was he was so humble. And and yesterday I shared uh, with Taylor, we were talking about uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. And I want you to read it again because I think it's so impactful to think about the God of the universe. Mm Mm-hmm. The God of creation, they just found a whole nother galaxy, a bunch of galaxies, I think, behind the Milky Way or something. Yesterday I was reading they they discovered all these new uh, things oh gosh, out yeah. there in, in uh, astronomy. I mean, we're still learning stuff. And the still. God who created it all, it, this is what Paul's talking about under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, talking about that God Coming to earth in the form of a human, and this is the way God chose to write it through Paul. Read that. This is awesome. Days. And if Christ doesn't
1: become human flesh like us, it, the rest of it doesn't doesn't fall into place. He had to experience the human uh, experience to go to the cross to matter. Mm-hmm. So starting with uh, verse 5, in your relationships with one another. Critical, right, Doug? In your relationships with one another. And what are we talking about? Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but Mm -hmm. rather he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Mm -hmm. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death, on a cross. Mm. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Mm. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Mm. Amen.
2: Wow. You know, I, I... I hear that, and I think the God of all creation mm-hmm. put a, put away his power to come walk among us to show us what it looked like mm-hmm. when God fully inhabited a human body. Now, we will never experience that this side of heaven, uh, but we can have his spirit in us, and we can allow his spirit to control us, and and be conformed to the image of Christ. But we're going to blow it, and when we blow it, we always come back to the cross. Mm-hmm. But the God of creation never had to endure this, but he chose to endure this. He chose to come here. He chose to be limited. He chose to limit himself and how he would manifest his power. He never stopped being God. Mm-mm. He just chose to put that power aside while he was here. And... You know, I think oh my oh my goodness, he he did this and he he's given me an opportunity to be a part of what he's doing mm-hmm. in his family, in his organization uh to co and and to spread what he's doing all over the world. And most of us don't think about it like that. Most of us think, well, I'm just getting a ticket on the way to heaven and I'm getting to get on the train. Instead of being part of the greatest mission in the history of Earth, I was I was hoping you were going to bring the word greatest in there
1: because I before the whole COVID thing, I, I teach uh, middle school boys, and I love to like so who's the real greatest of all time? Jesus Christ was the greatest of all time, and and everyone. We are on the greatest team of all time, on the greatest mission of all time. And when Jesus did this for us, he chose to do this. He showed this is how it's done. This is how the greatest of all time leads the greatest team of all time to overcome the world, to Mm. overcome your struggles. This is how we win. And you can be on this team. You can be on this team. And your life can be a model of how God's team, the greatest team of all time, with the greatest quarterback, the leader of all time, wins and overcomes. Yeah. So isn't he, that cool? He, he isn't does. That cool? And you
2: know, um, when we come back, I want to share the story of a guy named James Burke. If you don't know who James Burke is, mm. he's the former boss of J oh, and J, Johnson and Johnson, one yeah. of the biggest companies in our country, probably the world. Right? J and J is a huge company, but he did something that was. Pretty outstanding, and I want to talk about it when we come back. Uh, It's a great credo, so we'll be back in a few minutes, right? Can't
1: wait to hear it, Doug. Uh, Join us for the second half. Call in if you want, 844-777-7928, or shoot us an email, ask at SWATradio.com. Can't wait till you come back and join us.
0: I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know i never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me
1: Kingdom brothers and sisters, we are enjoying our time together with you, and uh, we are diving into preparing to bride and being a servant and using uh, Francis Chan's book, Letters to the Church. And you know, being a servant is one of the greatest jobs on earth. It's in I enjoy being a servant. I enjoy serving others unconditionally. It's, it's just so fulfilling. And so I'm looking forward to this uh, next segment as we dive deeper into what it means to be a servant and how we can, you know, be the hands and feet of Christ in that role, in that function and put away judging, put away that stupid stuff that we get in the way and just serve
2: and love unconditionally. Well, you know, um, one of the things uh, he starts off the chapter is only when we become servants Mm. will we experience the Holy Spirit as jesus intended and only then will the church really start to resemble the christ that they worship and i was talking about james burke and he was uh the the leader at johnson and johnson huge huge company uh most people know johnson and johnson for baby powder but they're into everything man if you've had a hip replaced or knee replaced or Uh, shoulder replaced, they're they're, they're in all kinds of things, Johnson & Johnson. But anyway, um, James Burke made a decision back in the 80s when Tylenol was spiked. Do you remember when that happened? They put the poison in, the cyanide, and and the uh, Tylenol. That's a CEO's nightmare for something like that to happen. And he made the decision to pull the capsules off the shelves um, and – Basically, it cost the company $100 million. Mm -hmm. Now, you go, yeah, but that's that's good. But that's not what really defines James Burke. Uh, James Burke uh, was three years before that. Before that ever happened, he uh, pulled 20 executives that were very key to the company into a room. And he took out the J&J manual. You know, the Johnson & Johnson manual. Kind of... The things that define us as a company. And um, it, it said, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Does that sound familiar? It I mean, basically. Good, right? um, that among them, they have a higher duty to mothers and everyone who use our products. That was part of their manual. And he became concerned that all the executives kind of viewed that document is just an artifact
1: just a piece of paper
2: just a piece of paper uh and it really wasn't you know relevant today because the main thing for us is making a buck right this is three years before mm-hmm. that happened with the town law. and he said here it is he held it up and he says if we're not going to live by this let's tear it up that's what he told me he said let's get it off the wall mm-hmm. i don't want it anywhere if we're not going to live this way um And he told um, a guy named Joseph Bataraco and Richard Ellsworth, they were doing a book on leadership and integrity, and he said, we either commit to it or get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And everybody there in the room sat stunned because they weren't expecting that, and they were going, okay, is he serious or is he playing or is he just trying to make a point? But he was serious. And then they began to have a debate but everybody in that room recommitted to those principles. And they began doing these meetings around the world for all the J&J people. And they said, this, this set of documents that we say we're going to live by, this is living. This is not some ancient thing. Now, that's, that's a a J and j document. We're talking about God's word is our credo. It is our... You know, it is what we live by. It mm-hmm. is our constitution. It is our everything. It is a living book. And we either need to live by it or get rid of it in our personal lives. If you're not going to allow God to drive you to look more like his son as you know his word and, and, and get to know him better, then why have it around? Mm -hmm. because having that Bible on your nightstand or on your study is not going to, that's not going to do one thing for you in your relationship unless you use it. it. It's like that document. And that's, you know, Burke made that list of great leaders, not because he just was the leader when they had a crisis, but because he led in the absence of a crisis. There was no crisis three years earlier But he's saying, if this is really important, and I think a lot of times in the church, we tend to react to crisis, but we need leaders to be leading. The reason we are believers today is because throughout time, God has raised up leaders to say, humbly, we're going to serve you. Like you were sharing in the break, you know, that's what Kim Blanchard said in his book. He says, you lay out a vision and then you serve to help meet the vision, and that's Uh, unfortunately bob i think right now and and you know i know you're around a lot of churches too but it's easy to talk a vision it's a lot tougher to serve a vision exactly it takes time it takes a lot of time and i know doug as some
1: of you listeners may have figured out i'm not 30 or 40 years old (laughs) and uh but it was in my 30s i'm a new parent um the family's building and and uh I started to learn about what a personal mission statement is or a personal vision statement really meant. We will spend more time in the business world putting together mission statements, all stuff, and probably half the time we won't live them out. But when I started to personalize that, Mm -hmm. and I started to realize that Christ laid out a vision for us, and then he spent his life serving that vision. How far, Doug? Even death on a cross, I believe we read that somewhere a few minutes ago. When I started to personalize, I'm on the greatest team of all time and I have a mission and I have a mission that's global in nature, but I also have a personal mission. What does God want to do with me? The way I was built, the way I was raised, whatever my walk was. And if I could formulate that vision and I could spend my life living that vision, serving rather, Mm -hmm. serving that vision Mm -hmm. as a father, as a husband, as a son, um, I, I gave my mom, my dad passed away about 10 years ago. I called my mom on Father's Day. She goes, why are you call me on Father's Day? Well, I had written a mission statement about I wanted to be a godly son to my dad and he died, but I could still honor my dad. That was part of my mission to always, and I called my mom to honor my dad and I said, thank you for marrying my dad. <laughs> and, and she called me back two or three days later. She goes, I have never gotten a call like that. And that meant so much to me that you called me 10 years after your dad had passed away. And that was serving the vision that I had laid out. I want to be a godly son. Mm -hmm. And so I think today, Doug, today um, we got to have that focus and vision. We got to grab on to the vision of our team our team to advance the kingdom, our team to love others as Christ loved us, our vision to love them to the cross, our vision to serve their physical needs, to earn that right to share the gospel. And we have that vision, but then we get up every morning and we say, Almighty God, how can I be your man today? How can I serve that vision today? Put someone in my life Mm. Get me off the couch. Get me out of my house. Um let me be risk appropriate as we talked before, Doug. Mm. Um I'll wear a mask. I'll I'll respect the virus, but I'm not going to sit back mm. and and let the gospel quote, "We're not quarantined in the gospel, are we, Doug?" No. Nope. The gospel is not quarantined. Last I checked, the Holy Spirit cannot be quarantined. So, uh that's kind of where I've looked at how serving Uh, how how important a vision is to our service and to being a servant that christ was the ultimate servant leader Mm. and he gave us that model i talked about earlier about this is how you do it guys you get you instill the vision you cast the vision and then you live it out Mm. even to death on a cross
2: well uh i wanted to you just reminded me of something uh, i was thinking about servants and uh I was thinking about our brother, Frank Pierce, who was yes. part of the uh, Frank yeah. SWAT group here uh, at the Salem Center, passed away on July 10th, just a few days ago. And uh, Frank was, he, I told his wife, he was kind of a combination of Andrew and Barnabas, kind mm-hmm. of wrapped up into one. Yes, he was. Uh, he was a leader. Um, he was a college professor. Um, he was uh, a, a Kicker in college, I, I I don't know if he uh, made it into the pros. I think he had a tryout or two, but anyway, Frank was one of those guys that was always encouraging, and uh, you know, at SWAT, he is always asking, "How can I pray for your family? How can I help you?" Uh, very active with uh, Prisoners of Christ, also are uh, also active in the City Rescue Mission. And he was just a dear brother. And uh, they are going to have a celebration on Monday. I wanted to let people know it, July 20th at 1030. And uh, they can live stream that by going to cfcjacks.com. That's CFC for Christian Family Chapel. Mm -hmm. But it's cfcjacks.com, 1030 on Monday. And uh, you can catch that. It's his uh, memorial service for Frank Pierce uh, God rest you, my brother, and I look forward to seeing you on the other side because uh, I know where you are. Mm-hmm. You are a good, good brother and was a good, good encouragement brother. to our ministry. Now, and he modeled it, right, Doug? He, he sure He modeled did. it, baby. Yeah. He modeled it. He modeled it. Uh, as long as I knew him, Frank was always trying to get people uh, to come to the Lord or to be involved in discipleship, and he was always doing that, and, you know, it, it's... I mean, he finished well. He did as long as I I told his wife the other day I never saw him do anything. And all the times I interacted with him uh, over the last seven or eight years, uh, anything to dishonor Christ, he was always honoring our Lord. So um, prayers for the uh, Pierce family. And that uh, memorial service, again, is at uh, 1030 on Monday. You go to cfcjacks.com because of covid are going to do it uh, online so and we'll be back after the break and we'd love for you to weigh in on anything we've talked about today so here we're going our last uh break we're going to be bringing it home in about 15
1: minutes and uh so once again our number is 844-777-7928 or email us at ask at swatradio.com we are looking to bring it home for the last 15 minutes and we hope you
0: stay with us At www.astore.com,
1: there is good news for the captive. Good news
0: for the shame.
1: Everybody, yes, Jesus Christ is our rescuer. Isn't he? Amen, everybody. Glad to have you here. We're in our final segment with Bob Grauman here and Doug McCary. We're diving deep into preparing the bride, being a servant. We just finished up how important having a vision, having Uh, a a mission statement, knowing what your team's mission is so that you can serve and live your life serving to that vision. So we're going to wrap this up with our final segment, diving into that. I want to make you aware of our guest tomorrow. We are excited. We are going to have Brother Tony Evans with us. And Vody Now, I think. Believe Doug, you know Vody from way back, right? Is yeah. that true? Uh, yeah, I know. Great, Great.
2: I know. Uh, and I've actually had the privilege of sharing at Tony Evans' church Have out in really Oak Cliff wow. in Texas. And I'm jealous, hey, man. It, well, I love he, Tony, man. He brings the heat. He I mean. to, Tony is an awesome, awesome preacher, and he's written a lot of books. He wrote a book called Kingdom Man. Yeah, I uh, hope to talk to him a little bit about that tomorrow. His daughter is priscilla Shire, uh you know okay, which okay. is uh she has a lot of stuff out there too uh he's got a son named anthony who does music stuff i mean his he's just his family's been involved with ministry for for I, for, I, for a long time and i'll
1: tell you i tony shaped me as a young man i used to love listening to him on radio for years now and uh he's He's probably one of those top five guys that really shaped my walk with the Lord when I was young and figuring out the, the God's way of doing, you know, fatherhood and husbandhood and all those things. He was. Uh, Oh, uh, he really brings the heat and I still love him today, man.
2: That's a uh, Well, he's been doing be a great program. Yeah, he's been doing it a long time. He's been doing it a long time. Um his his wife passed away oh. uh, at the end of 2019 from cancer. I did not know that. Yeah, they had been married for 49 years. Mm-hmm. And um anyway, uh he he shared a little bit about I don't know if we'll get into that much. I know he uh he'll talk a little bit about it, but she she founded a, 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 a pastors' wives ministry, and their whole family was just involved. So, I'm really looking forward to having uh, Doctor Evans on, and then Vody Bachum. Uh, Vody, I had the <laughs> privilege of getting to uh, visit with him some when he was here for the First Baptist Pastors right. Conference, and Vody um, is the one that in, came up with the term ethnic. Gnosticism,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which uh I'm really looking forward to hearing him share a little bit about tomorrow. Uh so Vody is now over in Africa and he's been over there, I think, for the last three years. And uh he, he used to live in Houston, and uh but he's got lots of kids and his main emphasis is cultural apologetics. And wow. um, he's a very, very bright guy. Uh, I mean, very articulate. I mean, he just really, uh, I sit there and he, he, you know, he's like the C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, R.C. Sproul. <laughs> he, he gets into that, that mindset. But anyway, he, uh, he actually did study work over at Oxford, England. Anybody that goes over there studies, I mean, they don't, it's kind of tough to get to do that. Wow. But um, that's impressive anyway um he is um he's over there leading african christian university where he's a professor and he's trying to help transform africa through a biblical worldview using education to do it and um he i'm just really excited to have him because he speaks plainly he speaks the truth even though he's incredibly bright Mm -hmm. he, he brings it down to an easy level for everybody to hear and um uh, he wrote a book called Family Shepherds that I think is really good. And uh, Anyway, he, he's going to be great. So hopefully you'll join us tomorrow. That's Bodie Bacham will be the second half hour, and uh, Dr. Tony Evans will be the first half hour tomorrow. We're doing a little different. Normally we have one guest the entire program, but because Bodie's in Africa calling in and uh, Dr. Evans is in uh, only only doing half hour interviews. Sure, sure. I just was able to get them both for tomorrow. That's awesome. So hopefully you will join us. And if you have questions for either one, you can send them to me at ask at SWATRadio.com or Doug at SWATRADIO.com. I'll be happy to try to work in a question or two for them. Uh again, both of these men are great pastors. They've both pastored and uh great communicators of god's truth in the sense that they've spent lifetimes studying his word been very devoted to it and uh they are you know now and i well i'll get into it tomorrow with them uh dr tony evans has been in uh dallas in an urban area in fact he had his radio show was called the urban alternative i think right and so he he'll be sharing he's He's been interviewed quite a bit with all the things going on in our culture, and uh, he'll have a perspective on those things that I think will be good. And then Vody Bacham, and not necessarily the same perspective, but again, two godly men who spend a lot of time in the Word, and they're going to be sharing tomorrow about God's Word and really as believers, how we can minister to people and how we can be prepared and we can speak truth to mm-hmm. people. And so, um, but I'm I'm fascinated to talk to Vody Bachum about this ethnic Gnosticism because he kind of created that word, and uh, I think it's, it'll be an interesting conversation. So hopefully you'll join us. Um, and if you want to call in, we have about five minutes left eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. You know, Bob. Earlier in the week, we were talking about uh, this servant mentality, and I think most of our culture. In America, we come with a consultant, um, not a consultant. We're either consumers, consultants, Mm -hmm. or contributors. Got it. Consumers, we come to church with the attitude that I'm going to get something out of it, and it's what's in it for me. Consultants, we come in and we have all the right answers. Contributors, we come in and we say, how can I serve? How can I help? How can I make a difference, you know? Um and so um I want you to just stop where you are as you're listening to this whether you're listening on the podcast or live in the radio I just want you to think about your strengths your gifts everybody has a spiritual gift is it teaching is it a gift of faith is it a gift of evangelism is it a gift of leadership is it a gift of administration is it a gift of encouragement? Whatever your gift is, and if you've never taken a spiritual gift test, I promise you, if you go to your pastor and say, hey, I want to find out what my spiritual gift is, most of the time they can just flat out tell you if they know you. Um, and if they can't, then they there's lots of resources for them to direct you towards to finding out your spiritual gift. But then start using it. Use it for the glory of the king in the in the, the church gatherings, but also in the community. And, and try to be somebody who starts serving and being a contributor, not a mm-hmm. consumer consultant. Um, and, you know, Bob, I don't know about you, but I, what I find is when I don't spend time in the Word and time with my father, I very easily move into consultant or consumer mode Mm -hmm. is that true for you
1: it's so true we got it's a balance it the time in the word helps me get stable-minded it helps me process it 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 just is so grounding it's so grounding and we forget that um i had a friend of mine sharing with me that he'd been slipping with the word and he watched anger and all the stuff going on in the news was kind of well up he's like and he had a voice from God, get back in the word, get back in the word. And, and you know, Doug, I, I think of um, what you're saying about um, what being being grounded and serving and and how, I like the phrase, how we were built, Doug. You're bringing up how we were built. But adding to that is what happened to you in your life before you were saved, after you are saved, how God gave you gifts. That made you who you are. And you know what that is? That's your ministry. Mm -hmm. That's your ministry. That's your how you are part of the body of Christ, and your unique role is how you were built, and God will use everything before you were saved, after you were saved. And I love Ephesians two ten. That
2: we were created. We were good
1: works. That finish that up because what God prepared in advance mm -hmm. for you to do. So whatever He's doing with you today and in your past your gifts, how you were built, how you were raised, what part of the country, world, whatever, it's all part of what you're going to be doing in ministry, in serving, that God has gone before you. He has prepared you for what he's already prepared for you. Everybody, Ephesians 2.10. Yeah, everybody I
2: mean, knows Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved. You weren't saved just to get on a train. Nope. You were saved for good works that he's already prepared. You've got go to ver- t- we go to verse 10 to close it out. Man. Exactly. 8 and, and, through 10, that's and he, it, man. Here's the thing. Servanthood is not a box we check. It's our identity. Mm-hmm. We are his servants. We are. We are his servants, and he wants us, you know, in the same way – if you know somebody that's a servant, think about them for a second. Think about how beautiful they are to you, just mm-hmm. their personality. And now think about somebody selfish. We don't want to be the selfish people. We want to be people that resemble Christ. So be a servant. Go read Mark chapter 10 Come on. where they argue. And I know we, we got to go for the day, but uh, don't forget tomorrow, Dr. Tony Evans and... Uh, Dr. Bodie Bakum, I'm going to put something on Facebook uh, a little later—a uh, video that you can share with your friends. Tomorrow be a great day for them to listen in. So, thank you all for joining us, Doug. It was an honor.
1: Great to be with you here, and uh, I hope everybody got a lot out of today's program. And remember, tomorrow uh, you can check on with Tony and Bodie. We've got you can check out the podcast on SWATRadio.com. And uh, you can catch all these episodes on SWAT Radio. Great to be with you. God bless you. God
2: bless you. See you tomorrow.
0: If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATRadio.com.